Deshaun, take back with you from Tate's Take. Of course, that's where basketball lives, unless you've been living under a rock. I'm rubbing my hands together because I'm really excited, not only for today's show, but also because I have another special guest. Yes, another special guest. This guest particularly a little bit more special than the others. And right before I get ready to bring him in, uh, I want to let you guys know exactly what you're listening to, what you're watching. This is Tate's Take times two today for a good reason uh, where basketball lives. Remember, you can follow uh, on all social media platforms at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. And make sure you subscribe, subscribe to the podcast, which is what you are watching and or listening to. Anywhere you find your favorite podcast, that is uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Red Circle, Stitcher, the whole nine. So if you've got that Android, but you don't have the iPhone, or you got the iPhone, or you don't have the Android, no excuses. You're always doing a brother really, really good solid uh, when you do subscribe. And last but certainly not least, as we are also streaming right now live on YouTube at Tate's Take. Yes, this is Tate's Take, the podcast. So as I always tell people on a regular basis that if, um, you know, if, if, if this this thing is going, you know, 94 feet long, 50 feet wide, 22, one and one quarter inches out on the perimeter for college and 23 feet and three quarter inches out on the perimeter for the pros. If that rim is 10 feet tall, this is where you find the best, the most educational and the most informational basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast. Now, I want to jump right into it because I know some of you guys have been dying to hear about the Lakers. Talk a little trash if you're a LeBron fan. Um, uh, I guess kind of being your feelings and licking your wounds a little bit. If you're not necessarily a LeBron fan, but when I jump in, this guy I'm bringing on, uh, I've been waiting to actually kind of do this for quite some time now. And with that being said, I also went to basketball questions as, as well. So we'll have that opportunity to do so now bringing him on. That would be none other than Van Tate, sports director of KRQE News 13 in Fox, New Mexico. Find him on Twitter at KRQE Sports. That is K-R-Q-E-S-P-O-R-T-S. Van, what's up, baby? How you doing? Hey, how you doing, man? I'm outstanding, how man. Thanks, thanks for asking, man. I, I know we've been talking about doing something like this for quite some time. We never quite got around to it, but I am glad that we had the opportunity to do so today and that um, we did have quite a few listeners and watchers uh uh, this opportunity as well so i'm really uh overly thankful grateful and appreciative of you joining us today oh yeah man family affair got to get this done right (laughs) yeah no doubt i was gonna say now this dude right here and i'm pretty sure that he won't disagree with me if you're looking for the coolest last name in all of anybody doing this yeah. in this business i i definitely got to be the dude that go ahead that says that like you said a family affair man so um let me ask this first because i know that you know obviously you're out there in new mexico in albuquerque new mexico you've been doing this for 27 years you won so many media awards we've texted back and forth about this multiple times and uh, i definitely first want to start everything by saying congratulations Congratulations to you because every time I look up, you're getting another award and you're up or you're up for it and contend for something else. And you've just been doing a phenomenal job throughout the course of, uh, of your career. Feel free to share with the people a little bit about uh, starting out kind of what got you started in the business. What, what type of things motivated you, inspired you to get into this business and just kind of, you know, a little bit about your journey on, on, on get, diving into it. Well, you know, what, what's uh, crazy about this whole thing is that when I was a kid, I used to actually do a fake newscast, a fake newscast. When I, and I forgot all about that. 
until uh, I got my first job and uh, my mom pulled out this tape, this cassette tape of me doing this, what I call it, the creepy, scary news. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I totally forgot about that. But, but what's the interesting thing is, is that I majored in business when I first got to college and just midway through, man, I just changed to journalism and I don't know why. And so I ended up following something that was already in me from a kid and, and forgetting about those seeds that were planted when I was a kid where, where I was just actually mimicking what I saw on, on TV broadcasts. And so, so it's, it's amazing how sometimes you just, you just go, you follow your path, you find your way. And so that, that's how I, I just got started because I just, I don't know why I started doing that. It was in me. That's the, that's the best way to describe it to you, you know, because I didn't know that I was going to change from business to uh to journalism. I didn't, I had no idea. And then when I did it, it made all the sense in the world. And once I got into news, I was doing news before I was doing sports and I really didn't like news, nothing against news, but <laughs> you know, it's not sports, man. And so, uh, I started, uh, getting an opportunity to do some sports stuff and, and that kind of just took on a life of its own. And here I am. That sounding that, that part of your journey sounded a little bit way too familiar. I'm like, is he, talking about my life story a little bit early into how I, I, I kind of started out too, in which it's, it's in you. If it's in you, it's in you, you know, you're passionate yeah. about it and you love it. And it's just something that, you know, at one point you're just kind of doing it for free just because you love it and so forth. And, uh, and then it just right. kind of overflows and kind of a domino effect in a sense from there. And I even recall and remind myself sometimes of the times where uh, I would mute basketball games as I'm watching them live. And I'm kind of doing, you know, my own little commentary in a really weird way, I guess. Uh, people, probably my mom probably thought that that was the weirdest thing ever. But, um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just one of those really weird and really quirky things. But uh, it's funny that we kind of share a little bit in, in, in those regards. Um, I want to talk about this this Lakers team a little bit because I know after talking to you and I'm like, hey, this is Albuquerque, New Mexico. Never been, never had the most extreme interest of going. You know, you're growing up and there's all these other places, Miami and New York and Houston yeah. and L.A. and all these other places. Um, but you have a, there's a very interesting place that you're at in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Talk to me about what it's like there with the sports market or uh, the fan base, the fandom. What is that like there? Um, so you can kind of feel some of the people in who've never really been or, or, or what, what interesting things is there uh, in regards to sports in Albuquerque? Well, the, the one thing about it here is that since we don't have a pro team, the, the, the college teams, the, the Lobos are the ones who get the most uh, publicity. Uh, in basketball, though, you see New Mexico State actually going to the tournament all, all the time. And, mm -hmm. and um, you know, they, they play good basketball down there. So we got two teams that that can get it done in basketball and, and people Lobos it's Lobos, everything in, in Albuquerque. And, you know, you got your, your Aggie fans here too. So it's, it's, they, they have a, a following too. And so um, it's, with that being said, the pro team, when it comes to basketball, a lot of people like the Lakers, man, you know, like the, like here, the Lakers is like the, the team and, and you have some Spurs fans and, you know, like you have different, different teams like that and stuff like that. And then there's a Chicago contingent out here too. Like, a, you know, like we, when we moved first, moved from uh, New Mexico to Chicago, from Chicago to New Mexico, I noticed that there were a lot of Cubs fans here and stuff like that. And so there's, there's a uh, Chicago's represented too, but the Lakers, that's the NBA team here, man, that everybody kind of follows, you know, so. You know, and, and speaking of, 
about the Lakers. I'm glad that you mentioned them because we did have the opportunity to see uh, a big time victory for them yesterday. Now leading the series two to one, one sixteen to one oh eight over the uh, Portland Trailblazers. LeBron thirty eight points, twelve rebounds and eight assists. Dame Dalla thirty four points, five rebounds and seven assists. When you're looking at this particular matchup and 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 series, what things I guess kind of concerned you or um, maybe some of the fan base or, or, or maybe not nearly as much. Did you have the feel that they were going to be okay after game one? Obviously they came, it seems like they just, you know, Portland kind of awakened the monster a little bit when the second game rolled around. But uh, I, I want to know a little bit about your concerns or just kind of what you're seeing in regards to that series as a whole. And um, it's probably the magical question here what is the third score. Anthony Davis and LeBron James for this Lakers team, or who does it need to be? Um, I think those guys have it worked out. So, you know, one 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 night is them, one and one night is the other. But I never was concerned about it because I thought, it, to me, it looked like LeBron was trying to let some of the other guys make contributions. He he does this every year with the playoffs and stuff like that. He he knows how it is to turn it on in the postseason when he can. He when he needs to, he will. And we just saw that just in this last game. LeBron's like, uh-uh, no, it's not going down like that. And so, he, you know, he does. He he can take the whole team and just put them on their, his back. And he still can do that this, this late in his career. And I think that's what happened. I think um, he's trying to let the young Lakers emerge, you know, Anthony Davis, Kuzma, and all those guys. He's, he's trying to let them – he, it seemed like that, like that first game, he wanted to be like more like a facilitator and – and uh, maybe get a couple buckets here or there and, and let the young guys carry them. But then it's like when they lost that game, he's just like, I need to step in. And Anthony Davis actually stepped up, mm -hmm. you know, in that, in that second game. And then uh, LeBron, the third game. And if LeBron wants to, and this is just what I, this is just my opinion, I think that he could go ahead and finish him off because he's used to playing at that kind of level. And these guys are, you know, they're, they're good. Portland's good. And I think what's been good for them is Melo's been good for them. Yep. You know, everybody – just think about if he had come to the Lakers instead, you know, because they were talking about that at the beginning. And so uh, I think he's been good. I, I think it hurts that Avery's not there. Um, Avery Bradley's not there out there with, with the Lakers. I think that hurts. That, uh, but I think other than that, LeBron can do what he wants, and that's what I think he – I just think that he was trying to let some of the other guys get some of the action and – if they don't step up, he'll just say, okay, well, you guys are just going to be castaways again. Let me just go ahead and take care of this because we need to get this done. And that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, kind of just coming along for the ride. And it's kind of like that mentality or it almost kind of seems or the direction that this series is tending to go in kind of reminds me or has that feel, that energy or that vibe like a Floyd Mayweather in a sense. Floyd comes out. You know, he'll 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 kind of size you up a little bit first yeah. one, maybe two, three rounds. You know, he'll kind of fill you out a little bit, kind of get a feel for what you're doing, make you feel like you're actually doing something. And then he'll just right. completely obliterate you, uh, demolish you for the remainder of the yeah. for the remainder of the fight. It kind of feels that way. Am I is that a fair assessment? Yeah. Yeah. It feels like that. And you, and you talked about Mayweather, you know, a lot of people don't realize in those contracts, like some of the boxing guys sometimes. You're, it might you might get more money as as long as the fight lasts longer. I remember talking to the late great Johnny Tapia once when he was fighting someone, and uh, I was like, Johnny, you had him in the third round, and then Johnny was like, ha 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 ha. He's just laughing. And then one of the guys in his group said, like, 
well, if he got into X amount of rounds, he would get this bonus. And I was like, oh, okay. So he backed off a little bit, let the guy get his bearings, you know. So, so that's crazy. So I don't know if, if Floyd does that or not, but I know that. But you, you, your comparison is, is spot on. It's like LeBron's just filling it out, just checking it out. It's, it's almost like he's going, he's going to, I'm going to ease into these playoffs and then I'm going to get going. You know, that's it's what it's like for him. And then once he turns it on, man, that's it. Yeah, I, I was telling a few different people that, you know, there was some concerns there, obviously, especially coming into the postseason for them um, in which, you know, I really believe that Portland had to be in a position where they can, where they had to utilize pick and roll on the offensive end and things like that because of the yeah. Lakers size. Like when you start factoring in, you've got McGee as a starter, essentially. You have yeah. Anthony Davis as a starter as well. Dwight Howard coming off the bench. Kyle Kuzma and LeBron are no small fries either. So they definitely have the size advantage. But would Portland really be putting in place what what could they have really done to kind of come away with the series or at least keep it closer? Definitely look forward to actually winning it. Speaking of the Los Angeles Lakers, today just so happens to be um, the birthday of Kobe Bryant. You know, obviously right. unfortunate circumstances uh, uh, kind of take, had taken him out, but he forever lives within us. I'm not sure if you had the opportunity, never asked you, but I, I guess this is a good place and time to ask. Had you ever met Kobe Bryant? And if you haven't, you know, what are some of the stories that you've heard uh, in regards to how he was as a person, the effects that you believe that he had on this game and the circles that he in? Do you have an interesting Kobe Bryant story for us? Yeah, well, well, I met Kobe. uh, The Lakers had an exhibition game here in Albuquerque, and he and Shaq were both here. And uh, he he just – he seemed kind of – almost kind of shy. You know, he was just standing off – to the side he didn't really he wasn't engaging anybody in conversation he actually didn't play that game because he had some kind of injury but uh Shaq on the other hand was the opposite Shaq was trying to Shaq was trying to, uh, if he sees this I wonder if he remember me because he was trying to get me he's like man this is your town you need to take me around man take me out show me around and I said Shaq I gotta go home man I got I got a family home and he and I thought he was joking at first and it, man he he was sweating me man I was like going like what should I do you know, but I, I ended up going home because uh, uh, I just was—I was just like, I can't be serious, right? He's just playing, and uh, it was—it was—that was, that was a fun night, man, because uh, he was—he's uh, just a big kid, man. He was fun, and 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 Kobe, I didn't really didn't really talk to him. I I, I said hi to him and talked to him, just trying to talk to him, saying, "Hey, you doing any interviews?" And he was like, "No, he was—he was just." standoffish but I, I you know I got a good friend who who played against him a couple of guys I know who played against him and they had their own stories and one was uh, uh Kenny Thomas Kenny Thomas played against him and Kenny uh always had good stories about Kobe but Danny Danny uh Granger had a, a story about Kobe and and, and uh, when Kobe elbowed him and he lost those teeth his two friends mm-hmm. teeth, you know and he was telling me he said he thought Kobe had done it on purpose and he was telling Kobe the whole time like <laughs> You did that on purpose. Kobe was like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And he said that <laughs> Kobe was just competing. And he, he didn't do it on purpose, but Danny was upset when it happened, you know. And so uh, – but he said he would always tease him about that. Like, man, you did that on purpose. And and he, and he didn't. You know, it was just one – he was just – they were just competing. You know how you, you can bump into somebody or whatever and that happens. Oh, of course. So, sure. yeah, it was – but I don't know if you remember that game when he didn't knock him all the I way mean. out. He just pushed him back really far you know like they had to go and, and like work on his teeth at, at during half time and all that stuff and yeah 
Yeah, so he so Danny talks about that to me. <laughs> so man, man, awesome story. And and you know, just thinking about the life of Kobe Bryant, everything that he's done for this game and everything that he's been, yeah. and you know, just kind of, you know, even though he kind of may have seemed standoffish or whatever the case may be. Uh, him and Shaq obviously had totally different personalities. That's kind of Boban Marjanovic for the Dallas Mavericks reminds me of Shaq a little bit, you know, with that personality and kind of yeah. like that goofball kind of. And, it, it, and because he's such a, both of them are such big guys in terms of their stature, it almost kind of makes it that much more weird or quirky or kind of funny in a sense. But uh, long live the the. Um, the memory and just everything yeah. of, of Kobe Bryant, man, it's, it's, it's been a really weird year. Um, let me, let me, let, let, let me, let me ask you this, uh, as we kind of, uh, conclude the Kobe Bryant part of it, where were you and how did you find out that news of your initial, um, thoughts, I guess that time, yeah. I mean, I can only imagine that you were saddened, but, how did that news break to you, and what do you remember about how you initially felt as soon as you heard it? Well, I was at home, and it was on a Sunday, so my, my weekend guy does the sports on that day. And so I was at home, and uh, I saw it come through. I saw somebody – it wasn't even reported yet. This guy just put up an Instagram post that said, rest in peace. And I was like, what is he talking about? I was like, man, this is not funny. You know, like, why is he doing this? And so I later see another story – and then I'm going like, what happened? And then I turn on the tube, man, and, and I see that this, this has happened. And at first I was like going like, wow, that's awful, man. It was so shocking. And then I was just thinking like, well, you know, life is just, that's how life is. You just don't know. And and then two weeks later, I'm going like, man, how come I can't get over this? You know, yeah. it was like that. Yeah. It was like, I didn't really like know him, know him. Mm-hmm. And it was affecting me like, I mean, like I was in a funk, man. I was depressed, man. It was weird, you know, so I, I guess because he was so iconic and, and, and got a chance to uh, influence a lot of people and you saw him all the time. And it was just he's like one of your heroes, you know, and and, and it just really hits you hard, man. So it, it, it did, man. It was it it got me. It surprisingly got me, you know, like usually stuff happens and I'm just I just try to roll with it. But this one was different, man. It got me. It, it like that was like taking a body blow, man. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And that's the crazy part about it. Number one, one of the reasons that makes things even a little bit more sad, in my opinion, is that we almost have to when we hear no, uh, hear news like this, we almost have to say, OK, who's making up stuff this time? You know what I mean? It's it's yeah, you know, because yeah. you don't really know in this world that, you know, people get to making up stuff. And I forget the actual term of it, but just more so fake news, you know, and and yeah. um, and it's it's unfortunate that we even have to is really happening for or not because yeah. there's so much fake news it's really disgusting people in this world nowadays and outside of that fact um i just think that um you know when when the, the over the grand scheme of it that's almost the kobe bryant thing like i feel like as COVID 19 and the whole you know uh, uh racial racial injustice and social yeah. injustice and everything coming right behind that or right after that rather um it was like i, I I wasn't ready for all of this. You know, I know a lot of us kind of feel that way. Yeah. It was like, I wasn't even over Kobe yet. Like how is all of this, right. you know, kind of like happening. And, and, and now the Kobe thing is kind of like an afterthought to a lot of people leading up to, you know, leading up to today and, uh, and, and, and his memory and everything. And 
probably is going to go over a lot of people's heads until the end of the year where we have like a year in review of 2020. And then obviously the Kobe thing is probably going to come back around at that point. But it's just really, really sad, um, you know, day to day just to have to, you know, memorialize and remember someone like a Kobe Bryant. And as we keep yeah. moving forward now, uh, I heard you mention a couple of things. Obviously, Danny Granger, you talked about the Lobos. You talked about the Aggies a little bit. Let's start off with let's start off with the Aggies. Um, people at Albuquerque yeah. might not be too happy with that, but I want to save the better for last. Starting off with the Aggies, um, a team that, you know, entered the tournament, had a really, really close chance at beating uh, Auburn, who went on to the Final Four that particular year, yeah. uh, and then, you know, came out this year. They always have a very, very respectable program. I actually picked them to win that particular game in the first round last year because you're not going to fool me. I watch a ton of college yeah. basketball and – Obviously, the Aggies, as well as the Lobos, are two They're very, right very respect. They're very, very respectable programs. I mean, are they the Dukes, Carolinas, Kansas, Kentucky? Probably not. But they are still very respectable. Um, did you see all of this happening with Pascal Siakam? A lot of people kind of forget or don't know that he even went to New Mexico Did you see him having this? kind of career because he had a really good career in New Mexico State. However, yeah, I'm not quite sure that I saw something like this coming. What says you? I, did, I didn't see this because, you know, it, it's, it's like he got better and better and better and better. Like, like when he was even a G League player of the year, I was thinking like, okay, that's good. He's, he's, and then Kawhi leaves after they win a championship and he's better again. You know, like he's – that team is just – they're just taking care of their business, man. Everybody was thinking that, God, they ain't going to come out of the East, you know, because Kawhi left, and that's not true, you know. And so so it's, it's, it's interesting how he has taken on his leadership role, and he's embraced it, and he's been good. And, and I just think Pascal, that's just a testament to how, uh, how much he values the game and how much he's a student of the game, trying to learn more and more as he continues to play this game because he shows improvement every year. And so I'm, I'm not even sure we've seen his ceiling yet because the guy just keeps getting better. I mean, he, he hasn't there's he hasn't had a year where it's like, OK, well, he's about even he's he's tapped off. No, he's you know, there's he, he's not he hasn't taped off at, at, at any at all, man. He's just each year there's a, an improvement and in this year, including, you know. Now, in, in regards to uh, now switching over a little bit to the Lobos, you know, they had this really long stretch under Steve Alford that I'm, I, I'm sure that it made school history with a lot of the, the runs that they had at that time. Uh, now we're in a situation where we are looking at uh, a team that went um, seven and 11 in the conference in the Mountain West, yeah. I think 14 and 19 overall. Um, right. The thing with Carlton Bragg, a transfer from Kansas, did not work out very well. Um, no. And while Jaquan Lyle, formerly of Ohio State, had a really good career as well, or a pretty good one anyway, um, those are two guys that are not going to be returning. In addition to that, you have uh, a Corey Manigo, who was a senior this past year as well. Coming back is Vance Jackson, who averaged double digits and Zane Martin, the only two players that are returning to this team that average double digits. Um, what do you see from those two guys specifically in where this program will actually need to be? Like, where is this program going forward? Because again, I mean, when you're playing at the pit, I mean, people can say whatever they want to say. I do understand that, you know, uh, um, 
um, in, in Durham, North Carolina, is really, really tough to play there. I understand that. I get there are very many tougher places to play than it is at the pit. What is that atmosphere like, and what do you see moving forward with this particular program? The atmosphere is intimidating, uh, even to some of the players when they first get there. They, they, feel, they feel the pressure, like, man, we got to win because the, the crowd is so locked in. Uh, I'm going to shock you now. Those two guys you named, they're not even there anymore. Vance mm. Jackson transferred to Arkansas, and Zane Martin just entered the transfer portal a couple weeks ago. So those two guys are gone. And, you know, they, 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 uh, Quatch Malawatch is a guy to keep your eye on. He's been with them. This is going to be his senior season. And, uh, mm-hmm. he's been with them. They, and plus, they have Jeremiah Francis, the guard from North Carolina who transferred to New Mexico and he's going to be mm-hmm. uh, eligible to play immediately because, uh, the NCAA improved his, uh, waiver just the other day. So there's, a, there's two pieces right there. You, you got, uh, 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 Vex White Snyder, who um, who uh, who showed some uh, some very encouraging play last year. You got some of these young guys coming up that are going to, um, th- th- you know, I think they're going to have to. They will. They're going to have to carry the load. But but uh, if I look for leadership right away, I would look at uh, McQuatch Malawatch, and he's been he's been good. He's been he's been one of those guys. You know, like you can you can rely on him to give you both on both sides of the court something. And then, uh, so I, I'm as far as the veterans go, he's the guy to keep your eye out on now because before Zane left, it was those those two as far as veterans coming back and guys that you think that's going to be a, a have a big play and, and things. Uh, but but now it's, it's just him. So as far as the veterans go, they got they got you know. Now they, let me ask you some, this because you know I know. Okay. No, go ahead. I was going to say they they. They've added some pieces now. They they have some guys that are going to uh, going to make some contributions on that team. But you know, like until until they do it, you just you just wait for them to wait for it to happen because everybody thought they were going to just do all these things when they had all the transfers last year from from uh, uh, Caldwell to to uh, to. Uh, uh, Bragg to Lyle, you know, everybody thought they were going to do all these different things. And that stuff has to, you know, like the off the court stuff has to not enter the equation. And so I'm just, uh, I'm in a wait and see mode uh, as far as the new guys until to see what happens, because I mean, they, they have the potential to be pretty good. You know, they, I mean, pretty decent, you know, competitive, but when you got all these different pieces, they got to gel together and that's that's going to take you a while to get that going, you know. Like like by the time you get to conference play, that that gelling should be solidified, where you see what kind of team you have. But that's once again, that's make that's if 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 these guys can stay together and not make off the court bad decisions. Yeah, I was going to say for for those people who may not necessarily be up on New Mexico basketball. I mean, you mentioned Danny Granger. You know, there's yeah. there was uh, – who was that? That was a transfer from Kansas at one point. I want to say – don't tell me the J. name. It's right on the – J.R. Giddens. J.R. Giddens was yeah. another one. Um, I, yeah. I, I really like Darrington Hobson a lot, um, a guy yeah, who was it. actually <laughs> one of my first – who was one of my first interviews when I started doing this and I was doing sports – I mean, he was literally one of my first – 
three interviews that I've ever done in my life. Um, first getting started in, I think that was somewhere right around, you know, maybe 2011 or somewhere up in that range. Yeah, yeah. And so never had the, I never had the opportunity to chop it up with him very much after that. And I certainly hope that he's doing well. I don't know how often you hear from him, but three guys, you know, within that range that were certainly huge pieces for, you know, right. the success uh, of, of New Mexico at that time. Well, you know, a lot of things like people remember that era and the, I'll take you back even further. When Dave Bliss was here, you had Charles Spider Smith, uh, Kenny mm -hmm. Thomas, two NBA guys. And the third NBA That's guy, right. Daniel Santiago, you know, they were all on the same team at the same time. Okay. So it was like one of those UNLV teams, you know, it was like uh, yep. in the Mountain West, you know, where you have all these because I mean. It's crazy now that you look at Kim Birch and uh, Jones Jr. and those guys in the NBA right now, and, and, you, and they were on the same team uh, when they were at UNLV, and they, and they got nothing done. So, mm -hmm. so it's just, but they're NBA guys. So mm -hmm. it's just weird how a team dynamic in college, it really has to be a team dynamic. It really does, sure. and that just shows you that it, it really does have to be that. Uh, going back to uh, Dave Bliss days. Those teams were – they were always in the top 25. They were really good. You know, mm -hmm. they had uh, guys who, who didn't even go to the NBA uh, who were just good players that, that probably should have gone. Like uh, I think about a, guy, a guard named Lamont Long who was just a slasher. I don't know if you remember Lamont Long mm -hmm. who was uh, really good. And so they, they, they had some teams. And, and, uh, and a little guy who, um, who was one of the last cuts for the Orlando Magic, and it's not because – of his play, it's because they, they, you know, I think they were choosing between him and Penny. He wasn't going to win that battle because this guy is only 5'9", and that's Greg Brown. Greg mm -hmm. Brown was – he was the Naismith and winner for the uh, Six Feet and Under Player of the mm -hmm. Year National Award when he came out. So he that dude was – and his son right now, keep an eye on, on his son. His son is named Amari Brown, and his son okay. is uh, going into ninth grade this year. He plays for uh, AAU ball for the Atlantic Celtics. Atlanta Celtics, and he's he's one of those top players, and he's going to be good. I don't know where he's going to end up going to high school, where he's going to end up going to college, but that kid is on track, and he's he's not short like his dad. He got his mom's side mm. of the family for height. Mm. He's already about six four, and he's just going wow. into high school. Yeah, I'll be sure to keep my eyes and my ears open. I'm always around that particular. Um, I'm always just around that 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 grassroots atmosphere and just kind of right. keeping up, especially with the Atlanta Celtics. I'm very, over, very, very familiar uh, within that. So I definitely keep my eyes and my ears open for that. Just real quick, check in. A couple people want to come in and throw some love around. Uh, Derek Crush Boyd saying Kobe had an everlasting effect on his class and generation and the new class and generation as yeah. well, uh, especially for guys like Jason Tatum, amongst so many others. I understand why that would be their GOAT. Uh, also mentioning that uh, Darrington Hobson was very different, uh, very athletic, and that he was met him in Atlanta at a uh, at a Lifetime Fitness and, and did some workouts with him. And then also mentioning J.R. Giddens was a gym. Also the old era till I would say ten to fifteen years ago. Certain transfers changed the look of programs. So appreciate Derek Crush Boyd, who is a usual, uh, I guess, consistent and persistent listener and watcher here. Always thankful and grateful for him. Now, I know me and you kind of got into some conversation and getting ready to conclude here. I don't want to keep you for too long. I know that we had uh, some conversation uh, through text message when uh, when the season was in and 
Um, and San Diego State was just on this tear. I mean, they were just right. They didn't appear that they could be stopped. And I had a, I had I had some pretty I was pretty optimistic about New Mexico in that particular game. And while yeah, they were trying to yeah. fight a little bit, they just didn't have. If you remember us texting that conversation, I had some pretty because it was a home game. I think. Uh, for New Mexico right, at that, that time. And you yeah. kind of let me know that I just don't think that they're going to have enough in that particular game. What did you see from uh, San Diego State specifically uh, last year? And it's very unfortunate. I can only imagine what that could have done for the Mountain West, them getting into the tournament, maybe getting a number one seed, uh, and then maybe having like even having a legitimate uh, opportunity at a run to the Final Four. I think Kawhi Leonard even had his jersey retired this year. How special was that team from which you had the opportunity to see? That team was very special. And before I go further, I want to. There's one guy I forgot to mention who was a senior coming back here, Keith McGee. He's going to be, he's going to be a factor too. Keith McGee is a, a pretty good uh, three point shooter and uh, a guy who he he can play the floor pretty well, you know. So, but going back to what you were saying about San Diego State, the one thing I saw in that game. Is, is even before that game started, San Diego State, the games that I watched prior to that, they closed you out. And when a team closes you out, and New Mexico was having problems with that, you know, like New Mexico would, would maybe they'd get up a lead and or, or they would just let a team hang around, hang around, hang around, and then they'd win at the end. You know, you can't do that. you got to be decisive. And that's, that's the one thing I noticed with San Diego State is that they, they would just close you out, man. And the point guard was just unbelievable, man. You know, so so it, it was it was was no brainer that that uh, that they just didn't have enough in the tank to to be with that team because San Diego State did did not they just did not have those fogs and lollygag around and stuff like that. They played the entire game and they were playing on both sides of the ball. So so that made a difference right there. I mean, when you you see a team that that locked in. You know that they're they're focused. They're, you don't have to do anything with that team. You don't have to have mm-hmm. multiple timeouts to try to get them going. They're they're going. There's you know if anything, mm-hmm. they'll run you off the floor if you're not ready. So you can if you yep. don't match their intensity, that's it. And so they didn't match their intensity, and I knew that, that they were in trouble. Man, I want to say thank you so much for coming on, man, and just uh, sharing some of your stories about Kobe and. And just talking about, you know, New Mexico and New Mexico State and even these Lakers. I'm going to have to find a way to get out there to uh, Albuquerque. I don't really know what to expect. I went to Utah. I'm not sure how similar that is. I went to Utah for Summer League a couple years ago. And so I can only imagine uh, some of the fun and just how different that that would be. But I'm starting to kind of dig in and kind of latch on to um, trying to tap into a different side and trying to see what different parts are like. So I'll be interested to come out there and look around and see what that's like. And of course, anytime that you're in the Atlanta uh, area, Metro Atlanta uh, area, I would certainly be more than happy to, uh, you know, kind of show you around and you can come kick, you know, my, 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 my home is your home. You got, you got the coolest last name in the world, man. So anytime you want to come right. through, <laughs> I always try and show some love and, and we'll go grab a bite. Uh, I might have to swing you over to magic city and have, have you uh, taste some of these Lou Williams, Lou Williams uh, lemon pepper wings? Oh wow, man, that's that's good. Yeah, you know, and when you come here, we have to send you back to some uh, green chili, man, because uh, green chili it's a fruit. Like a lot of people don't know, green chili is actually a fruit. It has seeds, but green chili is um, it's the staple here, and, and uh, you put it on any food, 
if you have leftovers, wow. you put green chili in it, you have a new meal. It just has wow. so much flavor in it. I'm dead serious, man. Anyone really? who's watching this who knows anything about green chili, they're nodding their head right now, going like, "Yep, right, <laughs> yeah, man." You, we gotta, we gotta get, get you hooked up with some green chili, man. So, cause you'll once you start eating that, you won't stop, man. You'll order it from wherever you are. You'll order it. <laughs> you can you probably put that thing on anything. Oh no, yeah, seriously. Yeah. For real, man. Like even your breakfast, anything. You know, like you, you make you, you know, like a breakfast burrito with green chili, red chili, whatever. Wow. It's just like that's that's the that's the bet, man. There's just so much flavor. You know, a lot of people like the red. I, the green is my favorite. Okay. And, uh, I like red. I like red too, but but that green, man. Whoo. That red tastes I'm, good, like you know, in the Midwest, how they eat chili with the chili, yep, with the yep. kidney beans and the ground beef. Yep. If you put there the red chili in that, <laughs> oh man, you you fall over with with flavor, man. So I can only imagine. I'm looking forward to it. I might get ready to book my flights sometime soon, man. Or as soon as this Corona stuff is all figured out, yeah, I'm gonna have to make my way out there to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Over 27 yeah, you years. Come on through, man. Yeah, I would love to. I appreciate it. Over 27 years in this business, sports director of uh, KRQE News 13 and Fox New Mexico out in Albuquerque. Dan Tate, find him on Twitter uh, at KRQE Sports. That is at K-R-Q-E-S-P-O-R-T-S. Dan, again, thank you so much. Hey, cuz. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Looking forward. We're going to have to do this sometime again, uh, uh, hopefully yeah. a little bit sooner than later as the as, as the Lakers in the event, you know, God willing for, for Lakers fans that, you know, they go on and uh, take care of business against the Portland Trailblazers. Maybe we can bring you on for each individual uh, series that they play uh, in the event that they keep advancing. Whatever you want, man. You know, I got, you got me, man. <laughs> Thanks, Van. Appreciate it. All right, man. That was Van Tate again. W, I'm sorry, said W, K-R-Q-E, News 13 in Fox, New Mexico. Again, one last time, find them on Twitter, K-R-Q-E, S-P-O-R-T-S, at K-R-Q-E Sports. Um, getting ready to conclude here, and I, and I just want to let Van know, thank you so much for chiming in. Also, for, um, for uh, Derek Crush Boyd for chiming in as well, and just kind of Speaking his piece a little bit on Kobe in New Mexico, J.R. Giddens and Daniel Hobson. That brother's pretty educated, too, if you could take it back and remember some of those guys. And I, like I told uh, Van, I've, I've got to find a way to get to the pit. That's one of the top five, top ten places on my bucket list. I've always wanted to go to different college basketball arenas. I would love, love, love to have that opportunity to go and see them. Quick live chat. Check in on, on scores, anyways. There's only one game that's been played, and I guess we're getting ready to get to the second game of the day. The Celtics are up on the Philadelphia 76ers, 110-103. to So it looks like they're getting ready to close out Philly uh, in maybe a sweeping fashion. They've got some decisions that they're going to have to make sometime soon between Ben Simmons and Joe Embiid because I'm afraid this thing just really doesn't seem like it's panning out very well. Six and a half seconds left. In the fourth quarter, up next is the Los Angeles Clippers against 
who I think is only like literally a couple breaths away from being the best player in the league, Luka Doncic, uh, the number two seeded Clippers, the number seven seeded Mavericks, 3.30 p. Eastern Standard Time. The Clippers lead that series two to one. We were talking earlier, me and Van, about Pascal Siakam, 6.30 p. Eastern Standard Time. They have the opportunity, being the Toronto Raptors, to close out the Brooklyn Nets. They are up 3-0 as well. That's at 6.30. And then in the nightcap, in conclusion, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard, that would be the Nuggets. Uh, the number three seeded Nuggets against the number six seeded Utah Jazz, who lead that particular series two to one. So, um, uh, we're going to be doing this again tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow at, let's see here, I want to say we got a really good time. And this is going to be awesome because we're going to be talking about some of this draft lottery. And it is going to be super duper dope. A good buddy of mine coming on with me, Jeff Goodman of the stadium, formerly of ESPN, 3 p. 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on tomorrow. Uh, that's going to be taking place. He's going to be joining here, joining me here on Tate's Take. So mark your calendars, circle it, highlight it, whatever you need to do. We're bringing in Jeff Goodman to talk a little bit about the lottery. I know there's been some conversations to some of those Hawks fans who they should pick. I'm here in Michigan. Michigan currently right now around a bunch of my Pistons fans. They want to know where they where's ball going. Could he go one? Anthony clear cut number one at this point. OB Toppin, so many guys that you can kind of throw these names out. We're not sure. What can we expect from some of these front people in the front office positions that are making some of these big time decisions coming up really, really soon uh, as we get closer to the playoffs concluding. So make sure that you do that. Remember, at the end, only Monday through Friday, I want to mind you, only Monday through Friday, um, 15 minutes after the final game for each of those, we do a special, what I like to call a 15 that a lot of times have been turning into 30, 35, 40 minutes uh, that is called the final buzzer with Deshaun Tate where we're just recapping games from that particular day. That's Monday through Friday, 15 minutes after the last game concludes. So lately, we've been doing it after Lakers and Portland games. We've been doing it after um, after Clippers and Mavericks games. And so when Monday through Friday rolls back around on tomorrow, starting again tomorrow, then we'll be able to recap uh, all of the games of that day. So again, make sure you subscribe at Tate's Take, the podcast, uh, anywhere that you find your favorite podcast. Again, iTunes, Spotify, um, Stitcher, the whole nine. If you got the the the, the Android, if you got the the the, um, the iPhone, it still works either way, both ways. Just hover over that search box, find that little magnifying glass right there. Uh, and just put in Tate's Take, you'll be able to find it. And make sure you tell a friend. Make sure you tell your family. Make sure you tell your mama. Make sure you tell your grandmama. Make sure you tell your enemies. Tell everybody. Tell the dog. Whoever you need to tell, make sure that you tell uh, so that they can go and subscribe as well on the YouTube page. Uh, subscribe to Tate's Take, the podcast. Per usual, where basketball lives. See you again around this time uh what are we looking at now probably in about 23 hours and 10 minutes to the t tomorrow where we have jeff goodman from the stadium joining us to talk about some nba as it relates to the draft and lottery be good people